completing Schedule K-1 and your self-directed IRA LLC. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on today's ad bit, how to complete Schedule K-1 for your self-directed IRA LLC. Really interesting question that pops up actually more often than you think, because if you have a LLC that's owned by an IRA, or I should say two or more parties, but let's say two or more IRAs, technically that's treated as a partnership for federal income tax purposes. And that LLC needs to file a form 1065, which is part of the 1065 is the schedule K-1. So before I get into the K-1, let me just briefly dissect the difference between a single member and a multiple member LLC. An LLC is a limited liability company, essentially has the advantages of a corporation because it has limited liability protection and also the advantages of a partnership because it has flow through tax treatment. So one level of tax and you get limited liability protection. Best of both worlds. That's why almost all new investment vehicles and entities are pass-through entities, either LLCs or S-Corps. The only time really you'll have a C-Corp is if it's a public company or corporation that's looking to raise capital from various uh, parties. So a single member LLC, of course, means an LLC owned by one IRA or one person. It's treated as a disregarded entity for federal income tax purposes and no tax, federal tax returns required to be filed. The owner would file it on their Schedule C, for example. But with an IRA as the owner, there's no tax return because IRAs don't pay tax, right? Section 408, IRAs are tax exempt, just like charities. Multiple member LLC. So you can have a multiple member LLC where you have two or more IRAs on it. So two or more means two or 50 or 100 um, or just two or more parties, whether they're individuals, entities, retirement accounts, trusts. It's any type of entity that's owned by two or more parties. So in that case, then you're going to file a form 1065. And as part of the 1065, Schedule K-1 is required to be filed. The K-1 needs to be sent to the partner and as well a copy to the IRS. And it's all part of the partnership form package. So how do these things kind of materialize? Well, if you're investing in, let's say, a hedge fund or a private business, they're going to do the K-1 for you, right? Generally, the manager of the LLC is responsible for doing the K-1. So you don't really have to worry about that. But if you are the manager, meaning you have an LLC that has two or more parties, let's say it's an IRA and John Smith, or just two or more IRAs, a Roth, a traditional, or your Roth and your buddy's Roth, now you have a partnership. So it doesn't mean there's tax, right? Member partnerships are still flow through. There's no federal income tax at the entity level. The members will pay tax, but... In the case of an IRA, the IRA doesn't pay tax, but a partnership return still needs to be filed. So let's look at the K-1, okay? So with the K-1, it is a basic form, okay? And essentially, let's just kind of go through it. It's there for the IRS as well as the partner to get all the necessary information, kind of a roadmap, so they know how to report that either on their tax return or um, et cetera. So the most important stuff when you're doing a K-1 and you're the manager of the LLC. So I'm gonna focus only in the situation where you're the manager, because if you invest in XYZ hedge fund, 
you're not going to be the GP or the manager. They're going to do the K-1s for you. So don't worry about it. Um, but if you're the manager, because it's your LLC and there's two IRAs, you're going to want to know how to do this, or at least talk to your accountant and explain to him or her how to do this. So it's pretty simple. The most important things to remember are part two, because it's going to want to know information about the partner. Clearly, whoever's filling this out knows about the partnership. So when it says the partner's name and address, that's going to be IRA Financial Trust Company, for example, for the benefit of the Adam Bergman IRA. You can use the self-directed IRA trust companies, EIN, or you can acquire a separate tax ID number on the IRS website for free if you wish. And you're going to put the address of the IRA custodian. Remember, it's asking for the partner's name. The LLC, in this case, for example, there's, let's say, two IRA owners. So they're going to ask for the IRA owner's name, not for the beneficiary, Adam Bergman, but from the IRA name. So IRA Financial Trust Company, for the benefit of you know, John Doe IRA. You can use the tax ID number of the IRA custodian, or you can acquire a tax ID number for the IRA. Then you're going to want to indicate, right, and this is super important, that this partner is a retirement plan, box I-2. Okay, that's going to tell the IRS that, hey, this is a retirement account, so that's why the retirement account is not reporting the income anywhere else. Okay, so that kind of keys into the IRS that, hey, okay, this is an IRA partner, so we don't have to go trying to audit this person to see where the income is. So super important. And then obviously then it has the profits and loss, the beginning um, and end uh, percentage interest. Um, if there's financing, the non-recourse financing, non-recourse loan. Um, let's look at some of the stuff on part three. And this is important. So if you're getting a K-1 and you're an IRA and you get a lot of ordinary business income, not loss, but income, in your head, you should be thinking UBIT. More than $1,000, you may need to start thinking UBIT, unrelated business income tax, which is a tax imposed when an IRA does three things. The IRA uses margin to buy stock. It uses a non-recourse loan to buy real estate, either through a partnership or directly, or invest in an active trader business like a restaurant through a partnership or flow through entity. So if, let's say this is a K-1 from a restaurant and you got a lot of ordinary business income, in your head, you should be saying, okay, I'm probably gonna deal with UBTI. Now, maybe I have some other deductions that I can minimize it, depreciation and the like. But if I have ordinary business income over a thousand bucks, the UBIT tax potentially could be triggered, which can go as high as 37%. So you should be thinking about that. But if you're getting that rent rental income, if you're getting um, interest, dividends, royalties, things like that, net short-term long-term capital gains, likely no UBIT tax because that's passive forms of income. The things to remember are box one, ordinary business income. That's what you need to be focused on. And then if you have, if you see other income under box 11, um, or if there's an attached statement and there's a UBIT statement um, or a code indicating there's other income, that should tell you and tell your accountant that, hey, let me look into this code to see if this is UBIT or what other income they're reporting. But in most cases, the big stuff to remember, if you're filling out a K-1 or have, hopefully your accountant is, or if you get a K-1, um, you want to let the party know who's doing this, that it's an IRA's owner. So you want to check off IRA. You want to get the tax ID number of the IRA custodian, or you can acquire tax ID number for the IRA. You don't want to put your own social because then the IRS We'll go looking where the tax 
where the revenue is and why it's not reported on your 1040, which can you know trigger audits. So you, you want to make sure that's clear. And then box one, if you see a lot of over a thousand bucks there of ordinary business income, that should trigger something in your head saying, okay, I need to look at UBIT. I got to potentially follow 990T and potentially re report this um, because there's business income associated with a pass-through income, in a pass-through entity, excuse me, that's owned by an IRA. You're not going to deal with guaranteed payments because that's salary. You shouldn't be seeing guaranteed payments. If you have rental income, interest, dividends, royalties, capital, short or long, um, you're good. Um, you're likely not getting hit UBIT. If you have collectibles, that's potentially a problem because IRAs can't own collectibles. And then if you see other information or other income and there's a code there, you just want to double check to see what other income. Because sometimes uh, when you're getting a K-1, and I've seen this through uh, master limited partnerships for oil and gas, there, there's a code they use to trigger or to indicate there's UBIT tax. So just something to be aware of. It's not super complicated. It's a one-page form. It goes along with your 1065. Again, you don't need to complete this. I have clients that do it because in some cases there's zeros across the board, right? If you and your buddy have two IRAs, you invest 100 grand each, 200 grand, and you um, invested in a, let's say, a real estate partnership, and there's no income, potentially losses, um, it's going to be real easy, right? There's going to be zeros everywhere, but you're still going to want to fill out the loss. You'll have it because you can use that potentially to offset any future UBIT gains, but you still want to file it because it's part of the 1065. The IRS wants a copy. And just make sure, again, most important thing, check out or check off on I-2 that's an IRA and just put the uh, tax ID number of the IRA custodian. You can always ask the custodian for the tax ID number. We give it out to our clients or you can just acquire an IRA EIN on your own on the, on the IRS website, but that's not really uh, necessary. So um, it's porn. People get scared when they hear 1045, 1065 K1s. You kind of get freaked out. Nothing really to be worried about. It's pretty easy. As you can see, it's a one-page form. Big picture stuff. Make sure I2 check out. That's an IRA owner. If you see business income or you see some other codes, um, check it out to make sure that you're not dealing with any UBIT because sometimes you just may not know, right? Um, you may not consider this business income. Let's say it's a real estate partnership. You think it's a pass-through. Uh, passive type of investment, but maybe because it's the type of development that the developers are treating as an active trader business and now reporting and providing you a report of ordinary business income, that could change the dynamics and economics of the deal up for your IRA uh, because of the UBIT tax. So just be careful. Um, I advise if you can have, have an accountant do it um, just easier. Um, it's not worth dealing with it. If you are investing in an investment partnership or a LLC business, they'll do it. Whoever the manager or GP of that fund is will do the K-1. But if you get a copy and you you should get a copy as the IRA owner, make sure they checked out uh, I-2. Um, and then make sure if you see UBIT uh, business income or, or other codes, you, you may need to file 990-T. Um, also, let's say you have the LLC as the owner of the LLC. Let's say you have an IRA LLC that invests in an LLC. Um, you, I, I try to suggest to my clients to also have the I-2 checked out because especially if the LLC is a single member LLC IRA, the IRA owns 100% of the LLC and it's a partner in this LLC and gets a K-1. I like to check off the I-2 that the partners in IRA just so the IRS is aware that the beneficial owner of that single member LLC that owns this partnership is also owned by an IRA. So they're not going to look 
on someone's return where the income is and why it has not been reported. So there you go. I hope I made sense of the K-1. It's actually not super complicated. Um, it's a one pager. It's part of the 1065 tax software does it. If you're a client of IRA Financial, we'll help you through this. We'll provide you a tax ID number, all the info you need to file this thing um, or, or just to help review it to make sure that you're, you're not investing in a deal that has UBIT and then you know failing to report it on the 990T. So appreciate you guys um, watching. If you're doing it on YouTube, if you're listening on um, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcast, thank you so much. Really appreciate the support. Uh, you guys are great. And uh, don't forget to uh, come back and check me out again next week. Uh, this drops every Tuesday. So if you're looking for a bit of info on various self-directed retirement topics, this is your place. So check it out. Uh, otherwise, have a great rest of your day. And uh, thanks for uh, spending some time with me.